Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You're listening to Linux in the Ham Shack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello and welcome everybody. You have tuned in to episode number 283 of Linux in the Ham Shack. This is our short format edition where we're going to talk about some short topics in amateur radio and open source. For this week, about a week and a half-ish away from Hamvention, so it's coming up real, real quick now. Uh, But we're not quite there yet, so we'll have a little bit of something to say about that either later in this episode or in the next one, or maybe a little bit of both. Uh, But anyway, I guess we should introduce ourselves. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. And if it sounds a little different, that's because we're doing a completely different recording setup tonight. We're actually using all the equipment that we're going to be bringing to Hamvention to do the live show recordings, at least the stuff we do in the booth. I'll have portable recorders to take with us, you know, if we tend to wander around, do roving interviews and things like that. So the quality may be crap. It may not. We're not sure yet. We're not going to know how this is going to come out until... We actually release it, but so far it's been a total nightmare trying to put this all together. But at least now <laughs> it is working. It, it is working, and it doesn't take up a lot of room, which was the big thing. We wanted to consolidate this down as much as possible, so we're down to one little uh, digital mixer and one microphone distribution amp and one laptop, and that's the entire setup. Unfortunately, the laptop, because of the way the audio routing works, has to have three sound cards in it, just to make this. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Well, no, uh, no, one of the reasons is the one of the ports is not compatible with what you want to do, so you have to use the other sound card. Right, that's true. I don't have a separate microphone interface, so I do have to kind of futz around with that. And when we're at Hamvention, we won't actually need three sound cards. We'll only need two because I won't be bringing Bill's audio in remotely. Uh, so, so that so it's will all Bill's fault. It is all <laughs> it's Bill's fault. It's, it's always, it's always <laughs> Bill's fault. Absolutely. But anyway, but. it does work. So we have proof of concept. We're going to use it tonight to do the recordings just to make sure that all sounds at least reasonably decent when and we get out to Hamilton. And yeah, there's no explosions or, <laughs> you know, blue smoke escaping or anything like that because that's all bad. Uh, but in the meantime, we should probably get an episode done, and uh, Bill is kind enough to uh, fill in like the gaps as far as getting all the stories this week, because on this end of things, we've been like crazy busy. Um, you know, we had our last monthly poker night for the season last night, and we had like 25 people here, so it was just nightmarish, and then we didn't get to bed till like 5 or something. And Yeah, this morning. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, oh, we're we're just like, and and we're recording on a different day too. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, Normally. realize it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and we're recording early just to make things even worse. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, yeah. for those of you who normally listen to us on Monday nights, that means you will not be able to listen to us on Monday nights. Um, at least not this Monday night, but you'll be able to hear us on the Monday before we head out to Hamvention. Maybe. No, Actually, no. we probably won't be able to. But. <laughs> because you've got to work. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, the world, the world is a maybe, messy maybe place. Maybe right? Sunday again. <laughs> yeah, it may be Sunday uh, again. Actually, when are you? Are you? Do you have to be there on I, Sunday? I well, that's the story. You'll for find another that time. out later. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. All right, let's get so. into some stories. So first, we talk about amateur radio, <laughs> and there's a new mode out there that's taking the world by storm. We've heard this before, and it's FT4. <laughs> so, Bill, tell us a little bit about FT4. I bet, I bet people can figure out what FT4 is. Yeah, it's half of FT8. <laughs> <laughs> it's half of FT8 and twice as popular. Twice as popular. Yeah, yeah. No, FT4, uh, let's just uh, read the read the copy here, and then we'll just go into it real quick. Uh, FT4 is an experimental digital mode designed specifically for radio contesting. Like FT8, it uses uh, fixed-length transmissions, structured messages with formats optimized for minimal QSOs and strong forwarding error correction. Uh, TR transmit receive sequences are six seconds because, you know, 15 seconds is way too long. So FT4 is two and a half times faster than uh, FT8 and about the same speed as RIDI for radio contesting. FT4 can work with signals uh, 10 dBs weaker than uh, needed for RIDI while using much less bandwidth. Uh, FT4 message formats are the same as those in FT8 and encoded with the same uh, 174,91 low density parity check code. Uh, transmissions last for 4.48 seconds if you're counting and compared to the 12.64 seconds for ft8 modulation uses four tone frequency shift keying at approximately 23.4 baud uh, with tone separated by the baud rate the occupied bandwidth that containing uh, that containing 99 of the transmitted power is 90 hertz so real tiny uh, the threshold sensitivity for 50% decoding probability is a negative 16.4 signal to noise ratio dB. Uh, measured in the standard 25 uh, or 2500 20, uh, hertz reference noise bandwidth. A priority, a priori, a priori, AP decoding can push threshold sensitivity down to negative 18 dB or better. So uh, that's straight off the uh, copy from the WSJTX site. Uh, and this is specifically for contesting. This was not necessarily for uh, random QSOs, although I believe people are using it for that already just as an experiment. But expect this to start popping up in RIDI contests and, you know, especially like RIDI Roundup and, and stuff like that, where they've already adopted FT8 contest mode uh, in that contest and probably uh, many, many more contests to come forward. Uh, to come in the future here. So uh, yeah, FT4 is arrived. It's out there right now in testing. It's in a release candidate build. I believe we're still on RC5. Um, yeah, I believe so. I'm looking at my forum update here <laughs> <laughs> just to make sure. But I believe, yeah, we are still running uh, FT. Um, it's 2.10 and RC5. So we're in release candidate 5. So expect that to, you know, to go out to general release here. You know, after several more revisions, I still see some people talking about some random, uh, random stuff, but, uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, so, uh, got a new version out there. Go try it. <sighs> All right. Very cool. I haven't actually had a chance to try FT4 yet, but not surprisingly, because I've been hella busy doing a bunch of other stuff. So have you worked, uh, <laughs> FT4? Or no, you don't have any antennas in the air, or you have antennas in the air without coax. So you probably haven't done a lot of FT4 right. work either. 
Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of being forced to be back out in the garage again because we're doing a little remodel in the basement, and then my other com- my other computer died too. So I'm uh, I'm out here a little bit more. So I'm going to probably hook it up <laughs> in the very near future. Probably won't happen until after uh, Hamvention, uh, just because of everything else. Uh, you know, trying to get prepped for that, and I got a bunch of other stuff going on here in town. So um, yeah, I'm hoping to get back on the air shortly after Hamvention. All right, very good. So you're not driving the Hamvention this year, so you won't have the opportunity to have your HF in the car this time and work all those you know, yeah. r- rare grid, grid squares and all that stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was a good purchase from what was it, Wolf River? Yeah, yeah. The uh, I bought that uh, Wolf River coil and right. a 102 inch whip at uh, Hamvention last time, and uh, had had quite a bit of fun on the road with it. Um, although the bugs ended up uh, getting into the coil pretty bad, about you know three quarters of the way through the trip. So I uh, would have to, or we're going to be on the car permanently or, you know, used for a, <coughs> oh, excuse me, a road trip. I would definitely look at uh, protecting the coil a little bit for the uh, travel. Yeah. I remember watching that. Somebody was um, checking us out in the, at the hotel. <laughs> they were looking out the window while we were setting up the coil. If I were, if I recall correctly, <laughs> that was, uh, that was kind of interesting. <laughs> They were up on the third floor, like staring at us, like, "Whoa, what are these two crazy people outside doing?" And <laughs> you yeah. realize that ninety-seven percent of the people in the hotel were from Invention, right? Yeah, they're probably like, "Look at those idiots <laughs> putting that antenna on that golf down there." Well, so. they they wouldn't say we were idiots yeah. then. <laughs> the antenna well, was bigger than the car. Car, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was a hundred and two inch whip. You know, that's back in the CB days. That's what everybody wanted to have on their cars because the hundred and two inch whip was um, more or less resonant on eleven meters. So, right. but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that with the coil it worked pretty good. I mean, I even worked uh, Europe when I was uh, driving back home, so uh, definitely worked out well. All right, probably very weighed good. more than and two and two NRV was saying uh, probably weighed more than my car as well. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it was very front heavy going home. Yeah. All right, so check out FT4 if you get a chance. Download the latest version of WSJTX that supports it and give it a shot. A new wave in FT bandwidth. Uh, I'll go ahead and read this one, and then Bill can fill in the, the details, and because I'm sure he wants to. Uh, the World Scout Jamboree is gearing up for a significant amateur radio presence, probably because of Bill. Amateur radio will play a role in this summer's 24th World Scout Jamboree in West Virginia, the first World Jamboree held in North America since 1983. The Jamboree has chosen the theme, Unlock a New World. Thousands of scouts and scout leaders from some 200 countries are expected to attend. The Jamboree's amateur radio exhibit will use the call sign November Alpha One Whiskey Juliet, North America's first world jamboree. Aw, how nice. It will be hosted. <laughs> <laughs> it will be on the air during the event, July 22nd until August 2nd at the Summit Bechtel Reserve, hosted by Canada, Mexico, and the U.S. Amateur radio testing is expected to begin as early as July 14. Operating frequencies will be posted in real time via Facebook and Twitter and on an NA1WJ email group, which there will probably be a link to in the show notes. And a link to the information that we got that from, which came from the AWRL, will be in the show notes as well. So what else do you want to flesh out about this jamboree that you're going to be the tech yeah. advisor for or whatever it is, your title thing that you're doing? <laughs> I'm actually the media guy for it. So, the media uh, guy. I get that's the easiest right. job. 
Yeah. Just like I did with the, the national jamboree a couple of years ago, I get to sit around on my phone and take pictures and videos and, uh, and, uh, update all the, uh, various uh outlets we have facebook twitter instagram and and now the email list we started an email group for the na1wj for people basically at home that want to work the event and maybe help talk to scouts and and kind of help us in the in the great band conditions that we have these days um you know being in our our, our solar minimum <laughs> so uh yeah so we're we're, we're definitely uh kind of canvassing people to get on that email group and we're kind of using it as a launch pad to have people have you know more curated information if they don't want to go to the website or don't want to get involved in Facebook or Twitter and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely check out the email email group. And I'm I think I'm there. I know I know I'm not there on the 14th, <laughs> but I'm there like the second day we're we're allowed to be there because uh, you know they don't have any of the infrastructure uh you know meals and stuff like that set up until like the 17th i think maybe the 16th i can't remember i'd have to look at my travel arrangements um but yeah it's uh it's going to be pretty fun um we're going to have a ton of equipment there from um like icom america we're going to have like i don't know five or six 7300s we're going to have a couple of 9700s uh 51 one or two 5100s one will be on D Star, the other one will be run yeah, analog. Um I, I hear that we'll have some other stuff there too. We'll be working satellites, so you'll catch us on the satellites. Um I'm not sure. We haven't specifically outlined going up to Garden Ground Mountain again and doing a soda activation, but uh that's not out of the question because I'm I'm actually driving to that event, so I'm I'm bringing both of my uh, IC seven oh threes and my field pack and everything else. So so as long as uh, we have somebody willing to go up there and we 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 have the manpower to to make it happen, we'll try to make that happen as well. Um, yeah. So like right now we have a kind of like a little media blitz going out. Um, Icom America's you know our biggest sponsor, and they're helping us out with a lot of the promotional give items that we're going to give to scouts that are going to be passing through the station. Last time we did the National Jamboree, we uh, we did like challenge coins and we had uh, little wooden nickel things as well that had a little logo on it for scouts that would come through. Um, this time we actually have, uh, I believe we have poker chips. <laughs> so wow. we have poker chips that they're going to get. Yeah. So these are kind of a little bit fancier, a little bigger, uh, heavier uh, type uh, object. And, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been interesting. It's definitely been an interesting process because, uh, we're doing that. And we also have, uh, let's see, big stuff going on. We have, uh, three balloon launches going to happen. So we got some uh, high altitude balloons that we're going to be launching with some APRS, uh, payloads on them. Uh, we'll probably do one early on in the, uh, in the event, like probably the first few days, uh, that we're on the ground in order to get one up in the air so we can track it. And then we'll do two more with scouts early on as well so again they can track it uh via aprs and what else we're going to have a uh, uh, contact with the international space station that's coming together pretty nicely we already got the uh, venue lined up we got a, a nice uh they just built a new conference room center classroom area um there where last year there was like a tent <laughs> or last time there was a tent there so they have a nice new building and it's just getting fi- finalized and I uh, just saw a video walkthrough of it from uh, a couple weeks ago, and it's looking really good. So we're going to have the uh, the contact uh, for the ISS in there. We will well, be doing that via Telebridge they got just a, because of timing. They got a tent before Hamvention did, or they got a building before wow. Hamvention yeah. did. Wow. 
Yeah, you went there. <laughs> yeah, I did. So yeah, so uh, telebridge. Yes, a lot of stuff. Yeah, so we have to do a telebridge because uh, the timing. Um, just to you know, the satellite pass, or, you know, ISS passes, and where they're going to be at, and their work schedule is not on normal time timeline. So, so in order to make all of that occur, um, we're definitely doing the telebridge. Um, the telebridge basically brings us to a station that actually is where the ISS is passing. So it'll still be over amateur radio. It'll just be on someone else's radio, not specifically ours, um, during the uh, during the actual contact. So it's still still via amateur radio. Just we won't be able to do it directly overhead of guard, you know, of of the uh, the summit, just because of timing. All right. So yeah, lots of stuff going on, and uh, expect to hear a lot more about it. If you're going to Hamvention, uh, they uh, they'll have the booth there. They'll have a, a bunch of other promotional. Uh, items to hand out. So I believe they have calendars and stuff like that from ICOM. So uh, definitely check out the uh, the K2BSA booth and uh, check out the ICOM booth in Building 2. I believe they're both in the same place they were last time. And, uh, of course, mentioning Hamvention will still be in, what, Building 5? Building 5 and in what, Booth Space 5004, 5004. So the we'll same place that we were same, before. Same place before. And we will not be next to um, Ham Radio Deluxe because last oh. year, well, last year Ham Radio Deluxe had two booth spaces and the one at the aisle adjoined ours. This year they only have one and they gave up the one that was next to us. Oh. So there will be a one booth buffer <laughs> between us and Ham Radio Deluxe this year. <laughs> Go figure. So I don't know what that means. I don't know yeah. if we uh if we took enough business away from them that they were only able to afford one booth this year. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh just kidding. Come on. <laughs> uh-huh. No, we're not really kidding. But seriously, no. No. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So anything else to say about the World Scout Jamboree thingy coming up? Yep. If you're, like I say, if you're interested in helping from home, working uh, the Scouts, getting on the radio at home or on your club station, definitely join that uh, email group. Um, we got like, uh, we just sent the newsletter out uh, last week, the end of last week, and we, we've had like about 50 more people join the new the email group. So looking forward to a lot of activity in there. All right. Very good. You're going to find that this episode, as you listen to it, is going to be very heavily Bill-centric because, <laughs> because <laughs> all, Bill all of the topics of, yeah. that Bill has chosen to discuss involve him in some way <laughs> 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 because Bill is very egocentric. <laughs> No, so, he's not. Yes, he is. Yeah. He's, he's no he's worse than you easy. are. <laughs> no, he's, Bill's way worse than me. So. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I live with yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. I go around touting myself all the time. You do. Yes, I know. All right. So let's <laughs> let's move on from amateur radio topics. Let's talk about some open source stuff. And Bill was actually able to get out to the Northwest Linux Fest. Uh, what was it? A week, week and a half ago. And uh, yeah. so you're going to tell us how cool it was to be out in Bellingham, Washington. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was I was looking for other topics and I'm like, well, you know, I, I did this whole conference and there was so much stuff going on at it. And there was so much stuff I also missed <laughs> that I, I figured I'll throw it in here. We'll talk a little bit about uh, 
uh, going to the Linux Fest. And, and if you haven't been to a Linux Fest, like I haven't been until just this first one here, um, go to one. They're a lot of fun. Uh, you meet a lot of people that are involved actively in, in, in the development and, and, and distribution and production of all of these uh, various tools and operating systems that we use, you know, the packages and stuff like that. So it's, it was really, really cool. So yeah, I flew out to Bellingham on a Thursday. I got my full day of work in and everything else because I, I kind of planned it that way uh, so I get stuff done. And it was fun taking a conference call at the airport. <laughs> I have to remember to you know use the mute button uh, aggressively while I was there. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> so uh, uh, Friday night, of course, they have their uh, kind of uh, um, uh, welcome uh, game night, which was kind of cool. Uh, I met up with some people earlier on at a cool little brewery uh, called Wander Brewing Company. And I uh, had some beers over there and, you know, much like uh, I realize when I'm out, you know, going to an event where I absolutely know nobody, sometimes it's good to kind of go to some of these other extra events. <laughs> so at least you can, you meet a few people and if you strike up a conversation with them, you can run into and have the same conversation or you know, extend the conversation later on throughout the event. Um, cause, uh, I realize I'm quite the introvert <laughs> when I go to these <laughs> events. I don't really go seeking people to talk to. So, uh, and I kind of feel bad about that, uh, being, you know, at least a voice here that we talk about, you know, amateur radio and Linux and stuff like that. And, uh, I just, I, I really felt, uh, a little, a little intimidated going there and, and seeing all these people and stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, the, the night and uh, the first night event was pretty cool. Uh, they had like tabletop games and just a ton of people were there. Um, we kind of came over and of course, after being at the brewing company, drank quite a bit <laughs> and then, uh, drank a little bit more when we got there and decided, uh, probably should head back <laughs> to the hotel. So, uh, so yeah, I, uh, I walked my beer off by walking back to the hotel, which was, it was, it was not terribly far. I think I was just at the three mile mark from the from the, uh, the Bellingham Technical College where it was being held. So it was a little probably a little long for most people to do a walk, but I didn't have anything better to do. So uh, and I didn't have any computers on me, so nothing nothing was weighing me down. So I just walked back. But uh, Saturday morning, the session started. Uh, people were lined up uh, trying to get their badges. Of course, you didn't really need a badge unless you were a presenter or. Uh, uh, a donor who you know paid extra for a t-shirt and got a meal ticket and stuff like that uh so people were lined up an hour before the event and that was pretty interesting to to see everybody there uh they had a nice little uh, expo area room where uh, many vendors were were present uh including um, you know system 76 uh the seagull the seattle uh, uh i guess uh, uh Linux group, or I don't know, what's the GL stand for? Can't remember. Candela <laughs> uh, Technologies, Linux Academy. Yeah. Was it GNU Linux or something? C- Seagull or? Yeah, maybe. maybe. General Ledger? I don't know. Golf Legends? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have a conference, uh, I think. Gluten Losers? Or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so mean. <laughs> I yeah, know. so uh, yeah, their conference is later on this year in November, yeah, November fifteenth and sixteenth. So we'll probably mention them again when we get closer. Uh, Linux Academy was there, Pogo Linux, Fedora was there, Ubuntu was there, 
um, including the the guy that does uh, Ubuntu Studio. So that was kind of interesting to to hear him kind of poke his head out and talk about uh, Ubuntu Studio and stuff like that. And uh, Yoda DB and a bunch of a bunch of other little small vendors and stuff like that. Open Source Initiative was there. Uh, the EFF guys were there, of course. Um, so yeah, a lot of swag, a lot of stickers, a lot of just about everything you could want to find in there. And of course, a lot of information about all these products. And uh, it was really cool because the System76 had their little feel box, their little desktop, the little small one. And it was so cool to see how that thing was kind of put together. Uh, you know, I, you see the pictures on the website and it's like, eh, you know, it's a box, has some wood grain to it and stuff like that. But the engineering inside, like drive placement and everything else, it, it was really cool to kind of see it up close. And, you know, it's like definitely a product that you're not going to uh, you know, walk into a store and see. So, uh, so definitely, definitely neat there. But a couple of sessions I went to on Saturday, I went to, uh, audio production, of course, audio production on Linux. And, uh, this was in the, uh, the Jupiter broadcasting room, of course, which makes sense. <laughs> uh, that was by Wes Payne. And that was really good. He kind of went over the, uh, kind of the, the tool sets that are available, how things are improving, you know, uh, with pipe wire coming out and everything else. Um, and it gave a really like detailed discussion on audio and audio reproduction and, and kind of how, you know, how things work more from, uh, a, a, a scientific side, uh, with, a you know, bridging into, okay, so now you understand how sound works. This is how, you know, we do stuff and this is how you can do it on Linux, uh, using Jack and also and talked about all the different, uh, the sound, uh, sound systems that have kind of were created and why they were created and when they were created. So it was really, it was really kind of a good broad overview. It really didn't get into the nuts and bolts of everything, but, but really for like an understanding perspective, it was, it was great. It was a great session and, uh, could have, I wish there wasn't like an advanced one later, but <laughs> there wasn't, uh, I, I was, I was kind of looking for uh, the second one to go to. And I went to a database normalization one, which was probably way below my database skill set. But uh, it allowed me just to kind of take some notes and stuff like that. And and uh, that was in, uh, I guess, uh, Postgres uh, uh, kind of sponsored a room as well. So that was kind of their room. And then I went over uh, and saw Linux Sucks in Space by uh, <laughs> Brian Lunduk, which was quite entertaining. <laughs> and uh, it was it was pretty funny and it was a lot of interaction. And then his, uh, he had his uh, two kids with him. Uh, well, he has three kids, but uh, it's his Two older ones were with him, and uh, it was funny because, like, right towards the end, his, uh, his little boy <laughs> dropped dropped water on his lap and started crying. And <laughs> so, you know, he stopped kind of the, the whole thing and picked him up and was kind of talking through it and calming him down. And and by the end of it, uh, the, the little kid was, uh, you know, his little son was uh, sleeping on him. So <laughs> it was really cute, <laughs> and uh, it was kind of cool. <laughs> kind of cool to see. Um uh, then after that uh, was lunch, and then I snuck into uh, an introduction to software to find radio. And I thought, oh, this would be cool. You know, I, I haven't really sat in a session like this before, and I figured oh, I'll be like a ham guy. And no, it wasn't a ham guy. It was actually a guy that works at the airport uh, there in Seattle and does uh, uh, does like uh, ADS uh, decoding. So you can watch, you know, the airplanes, you get all the ADS information from the boxes and was talking about how you can use Linux and software to find radio and the applications for doing software to find radio. And there was several hams in the group there. Um, cause a few of them were speaking their very technical 
you know, ham radio speak, you know, oh, that can't transmit, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't transmit unless you have a license. And yeah, those kind of people. <laughs> lids. And, oh, uh, okay. sorry. Uh, yeah, lids. Oh, no, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't that. Bad. It was kind of funny. <laughs> it was still kind of funny. Um, and of course, me, I was like completely silent. I could have spoke up many times, but I didn't. <laughs> um, so did they mention? I like, did run into a, a listener. Sorry, I was just wondering if they mentioned like GQRX or QSDR or what, what were the applications they were actually talking about during that talk? He was using Cubic SDR uh, for his demo to kind of show that you can pick up radio stations and stuff like that. And he was just using the little cheap dongles, the little, you know, RTL SDR dongles. Right, because so you don't, need, you don't need a converter for those. Yeah. So. yeah. Right. And he kind of talked about, you know, antennas and how having a decent antenna is important. The little one that you get is kind of, eh, meh, at best. Right. And, um, yeah, so it was, it was really, a, really a good talk by someone that, uh, you know, is not necessarily in ham radio, so doesn't know, like, all the other applications that are out there for doing transmission and stuff like that. Um, but still, it was, it was pretty interesting. And that room was packed completely packed and a lot of these rooms were you know at capacity and they put full signs on the doors so if you wanted to get to one you had to get there early and kind of kind of make your your way in there but i did run into on saturday morning i did run into david grant KUD, uh, ku4 dzu and he's a listener of ours out of bristol tennessee <laughs> so he flew over from tennessee all the way over to uh, the conference and we kind of hung out for like pretty much the rest of the conference and uh had a good time and uh he kind of was in some of the sessions I was in. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, that day, uh, ended up with like a barbecue meetup at the JB, uh, uh, park out, out in the parking lot out at Lady Jupes. If you're familiar with, uh, Chris Fisher's, uh, home situation. <laughs> and, uh, then they had a uh, trivia night, uh, which was, which was okay. Uh, again, by that time, you know, I was pretty much tired out, beard out and everything else. So it was time to go. Uh, Sunday was pretty cool too. Um, they, uh, the first session I went to was a sync thing plus your favorite password manager equals zero trust password syncing between devices. And this was given by, uh, Marcus Eaton, who I believe is a sysadmin, some company over there. I'm, I'm not sure which one, but it was pretty interesting because we'd talked about think sync thing before on the podcast. And it's kind of like that file, sh- file manager and, or file syncing manager, kind of like how to, you host your own synchronization thing. And he kind of showed how you can hook up your various computers and how they negotiate the contract between the computers so that they can share files and then how you can set up, uh, you know, things like your password manager. And that was really the thing he was showing was like, you know, using a password manager and, and how important that is and how you can share the password manager's files between the computers and uh, make it real easy for your devices to sync up. And, uh, so that was a pretty cool little, uh, little, you know, another full room <laughs> for first, uh, first opening in the morning. Uh, after that, I went to, uh, Snaps and Snapcraft by, uh, Wimpy, uh, Martin Wimpress. Um, and you probably know him from, you know, obviously, I believe he's on the Ubuntu podcast and several, uh, JB shows. Um, so that was really interesting. He was doing an advanced one later, like how to make your own snaps and stuff like that, which I, I tried to get to. But I, I couldn't get there. <laughs> it was way <laughs> too full. They they had uh, just closed it all up, and it was really interesting hearing the uh, hearing the history of Snaps and where it came from, and it kind of validated our discussion that we had on Snaps well, quite a while back. I don't even know which episode that was. Probably like you know twenty episodes ago or so. 
And um, it was it was just it was really interesting to to see like the the community advocate <laughs> for for that out there talking about it and uh, and how they go out and they they literally seek out these guys uh, with their apps out on GitHub and stuff like that that are not in the distribution and they get them on Snapgraph and they get them on Snaps and they show them how to you know use that they have their own build infrastructure. So if you don't have like your own, you know, you know, CI server and stuff like that, or build server, they actually have a, a build server that you can you can push these uh, your your GitHub repo to, and it'll go ahead and build the snaps for you. Once you build your little YAML file or whatever the heck it is, probably it's not even YAML, but I think it is. Um, so yeah, that was really kind of cool. Um, and then I did two ZFS talks after that, and it was basically because interested in zfs and we talked about it when we talked about our lvm episode and i think we always mentioned zfs here and there and it was uh one the first talk was kind of like an introduction uh let's see what it was called yeah best file system for every os by alan jude and i believe he does the free bsd podcast uh or bsd now or something like that um and that was a really good kind of overview of uh, what ZFS does, the differences between ZFS and LVM, and why you should use it, you know, <laughs> for every case. <laughs> and uh, it, w- it was kind of cool. Uh, but the next guy, Jim Salter, he talked about getting the most out of ZFS, which is really like using it and how it can help in many areas, you know, being able to, you know, have snapshots and stuff like that, including like he has a, he demoed a Windows, uh, a Windows server running on top of a, zfs um you know um whatever pool <laughs> <laughs> uh i'm going crazy now um yeah so so basically yeah he snapshotted it you know it was already on auto snapshot and he went in and he installed a virus which basically you know is one of these lockouts that you know removes all your files and all the associations to them and and uh you know uh you know they want you to pay bitcoin for it and he's, he's like uh so he shows that the server is completely locked up. He goes back, he rolls back the snap or the uh, the the instance, and uh, boots back up the Windows server instantly, and and it's back all back to normal. So that was kind of really cool to see. Um, it actually an application using something that you know is not necessarily it's it's stored on ZFS, but it's not necessarily you know using ZFS, and was able to recover that uh, quite rapidly. Um, so yeah, that, that looks really cool. And I'm probably going to take a little bit more time and learn more about that. So, uh, so I can get a little more informed on how that works because I could use some recovery around here, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, yeah. So overall it was a great time. I had a, had a great time there with David and, uh, we had a, it was uh, what was it? Not Sunday, uh, Saturday night, (laughs) funny story. Saturday night we were uh, we I, we were both yeah too much after the Saturday night trivia we decided hey I was like hey I just walked home last night you want to walk home <laughs> you want to walk back to the hotel because his hotel is just like right right past mine and he had a rental and he's like yeah because I'm not driving <laughs> being responsible and everything else like that so so we're walking and he's like oh I got to get a pack of cigarettes and I'm like oh there's a gas station halfway there so we stopped at the gas station and we're like oh well we should probably get a couple of you know tall boys. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, finish the walk they're like yeah all right we're around we're out of beer we have to have another beer so uh we got grabbed a couple of tall boys and kept on walking and and then we got up to my hotel 
and we still haven't finished our, our, our beers yet. And, uh, there's a bar out in front of the hotel called extreme sports grill. <laughs> He's like, Hey, you want to get another drink in here? <laughs> so, so we walk into this place with our beer cans and like, Oh, you can't bring those in here. I was like, no, we're done with these here. Throw them away. We just want to order a new beer. <laughs> Jeez. So, uh, so yeah, it was it was it was quite a blast. I mean, I had a, had a good time, kind of decompressing from work and everything else like that. And uh, and like I said, David was a great guy, and uh, he was making a road trip out of it. He's he's in the IT business with uh, newspapers, so he was able to uh, turn this into a trip where he was visiting multiple, uh, I guess, uh, news uh, paper, um, you know, uh, that they own that the big company owns that he works for. So he was going to five or six different places out there, ending up and flying out of Idaho when he was finally done. So, so that was really cool. Thanks a lot, David. And, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk to him again. I tried to convince him to come to Hamvention, but he wasn't sure whether he'd have time to, uh, to make it over our way, uh, for that event. But, uh, but, uh, he was definitely looking forward to possibly going to like self, uh, you know, Southeast Linux Fest, uh, later on throughout the year here. But uh, yeah, overall, great time. If you have a chance to go to a, a Linux Fest anywhere that you can go to one, go to it and participate in it, help support it, make it so it doesn't go away. Um, definitely helps the open source community and the local community and everything else. Well, I remember the days when we used to have time and money to do things like go to Linux Fests because we went to quite a few of them. We went to Indiana, Ohio, Self. Uh, we had plans to go to Texas Linux Fest at one point, which didn't turn out. We were actually planning doing our own Linux Fest at one point, which didn't turn out. So, <laughs> But yeah, Linux Fests are a lot of fun. So did you uh, plug Linux in the ham shack during the fest, or were you just drinking the whole time? Wow. Uh, <laughs> I was well, drinking the whole time. He was the one telling the stories. <laughs> I mean, did you not hear what he was talking yeah. about? Yeah. He was, yeah. he was squeezing these sessions in in between downing tall boys. From what I heard, well, yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, it was good. It was fun. I I had a lot of time. I had a lot of fun, and uh, I did talk to some people. I didn't get to talk to a lot of people I wanted to talk to because I, you know, believe it or not, terrible introvert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I I like uh, it's it's funny because like when we do hamvention at the booth, I have no problem. I talk to people all day. And, but like when I'm on the other side, yeah, I won't talk to anybody. <laughs> I'm like, next time I go to a Linux fest, I need to have a booth so I can actually talk to everybody. Well, <laughs> we, like, we probably could have done that. I I'm mean, just that kind of guy. <laughs> you know, they had room there too. I probably could have got a booth at the last minute. So, hey, I got some stickers. I can at least stand here until I run out. <laughs> right. Well, we, we get asked uh, by Elon about uh, scale um, pretty much every year. And, uh, what's his name? Jeremy from Self asks us every year if we're going to be there, and we always say no, and we we're never going to get to scale. And Northwest Linux Fest has asked us a few times if we wanted to be out there, and yeah, we don't ever get to these places. So. Yeah, yeah, I was talking to uh, someone there. It was probably from the Seagull, and they're like, Scale has a pretty big amateur radio attendance. Yeah, so so does Self. And they said like that one would be the one to go. Yeah. And yeah, speaking I mean, of self, uh, we we Jer- went to Jeremy self twice. Contacted me. Yeah, he he contacts me every yeah. year. He's he's talked to me too, and they're they're they doing just, some special event station or something that they're trying to set up. Yeah, he just uh, sent me a note on Telegram when I was uh, chatting in the you know, Linux Fest Northwest channel, and uh, he's like, "Hey, 
how can I get some stickers? Because I had some stickers. <laughs> so I was like, I'll, I'll send them to you when I get home. So, <laughs> so I just, uh, I just, I dropped those in the mail. Uh, they'll actually go out tomorrow. So I'm sending him some uh, Linux and the Hamshack stickers, and he's going to send me some self stickers back. So cool. doing a little sticker exchange with Jeremy. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'm glad you got to him first because he asked me too, and I didn't get a chance to send out the ones that I have. But he said he was going to send me self stickers too. So I guess we're all good. Yeah. And yes, they're they're absolutely. setting up some sort of amateur radio uh, special event. They're trying to get a call and everything for self. So I guess we'll see how that pans out. And they asked if we would be there. And once again, I had to say no. As soon as they want to pay for the trip, we'll definitely show up. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, you know, but haven't haven't got that one worked out yet. <laughs> we did go to two selves, not the first one, but we went to the second one and, and the third one. one. Right. So that's that's a few years ago now. But and we went to several OLFs. I do have to say. Event. Yeah, yes. I do have to say it's like this is like the most expensive free conference I've been to. <laughs> well, see, and that's that's our problem when we've gone, you know, which we don't as a vendor, you don't get in free, obviously. But um, it's still, you know, by the time you figure gas and hotel and food and, you know, everything else, it's oh, yeah. outrageously high. And that, you know, that was one thing I kept saying when, you know, Russ would send out the information about contributing to the Linux and the Hamshack GoFundMe to get us to Dayton. You know, the the money was not to pay our way there. It wasn't to pay for our gas and our food and our hotel and stuff. It was just to help pay for the booth and buy the DVDs and yeah. stuff and get that done. Because but it's still, you know, by the time you know you pay your airfare and we pay gas and everything else yeah, invention is nowhere reasonably priced. <laughs> so what that is, we, <laughs> we do tend to put all our eggs in the hamvention basket, and there there's a reason for that because yeah. it's it is very expensive. And I put in the thing every year in the GoFundMe that the thousand dollars we try to raise is what we consider half of the expenses because that doesn't really cover us driving there. Bill getting there, however, Bill's getting there. Right. Um, and so on and so forth. And then the incidentals, I mean, because you have to eat, you have to sleep, sleep somewhere, somewhere. Right. And so on and so forth. So, yeah. It's it's kind of like we yeah, pay half, invention you pay half. Costs so. money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. And like serious money. <laughs> it's not. Not yeah. cheap. Yeah. So. All right. So, anyway. So, yeah. So, they do have. They do have, uh, just want to mention, they do have videos from uh, their live recordings, which is actually oh. kind of cool because uh, the videos on their website uh, were the sessions I didn't see. <laughs> so I've <laughs> well, been uh, slowly go. going through those. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you do get a taste of it. I know that, uh, you know, Jupiter Broadcasting was recording some stuff. And I think Ask Noah, you know, Noah July was uh, recording stuff as well. So, expect there to be more content coming from that event if you're interested in just kind of seeing what goes on. There's there's a ton of content over there um, that's that's available now and will probably still be you know forthcoming. All right, very good. So if you haven't had the pleasure of doing a Linux Fest, you should definitely attend one. And if not, you can at least check out the media that comes out of the ones uh, because I believe most of them put out video from all the sessions. I know when I was actually giving sessions at uh, Indiana Linux Fest that they would record me and and post them later. So those are up on YouTube someplace. <laughs> um, 
as scary as that might be. But anyway, guess what? Bill gets to talk some more because he decided that he was going to pull a computer aside <laughs> and install Fedora Core on it just to be daffy. So he's going to tell us a little bit about FC30. Uh, that's right. Yeah, we're uh, in our Linux in the Hamshack segment. So uh, uh, I, uh, I've i been running for quite a while here, uh, Fedora Core 29 on my mid-2011 Mac Mini because, uh, you know, Apple screwed me and abandoned my my poor little box, <laughs> which runs great. It has an SSD in it and everything else. It's only got the 8 gigs of RAM. That's actually what I'm talking to you on right now uh, because my Asus died. When I got back from my trip, my Asus died. So there's another, you know, 1000 bucks in the can for uh, Linux Fest Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, Fedora Core 30 uh, just came out uh, last week, I believe, uh, towards the end of last week. Uh, I went ahead and did the upgrade. The upgrade was seamless from uh, from that standpoint. It kind of felt very similar to uh, doing a do release upgrade. If uh, that's the only upgrade you've seen in Linux, um, goes through, updates all the packages, replaces the kernel, go through a few reboots. It's all sort of automated. You don't have to do a thing. Uh, came back up and boom, everything was up there. So uh, I was like, well, since I'm I'm messing around with this, let me uh, let me play around and look at what's out there for ham radio packages and maybe i can talk about this for you know lhs readiness score well i was pleasantly surprised that uh a lot of the packages that are out there like cqr log k log and 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 a bunch of other ones uh, cubic gqrx um they're all out there and they're all very recent versions including gpredict which we were having to hit the ppa for on ubuntu and i was even very surprised to see that js8 call is actually in the repo already for fedora core 30 so yeah it's uh it's out there it's it's uh it's definitely ready to be a high level readiness score <laughs> and uh, we may uh we may future have a disc from these guys uh with uh, all the packages built in we'll have to see on that but uh but uh i'm uh, i'm running it right now and uh, using it for my my daily driver uh, for my Linux uses, at, at least, not for work, obviously. Um, but uh, I'm going to give this puppy a 4.8 for uh, LHS readiness score, and it only loses a couple points because a I couldn't put Mate on there because Mate is not quite as well refined as it is in Ubuntu Mate, and that's just really a me point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you're running Fedora Core 30 with GNOME, or you know, I believe they have Pantheon available now in this. Uh, definitely, uh, you can definitely be comfortable in running this for your ham radio shack with, uh, all the latest, greatest stuff. And if it's not, if it's not available, you definitely find an RPM package, I'm sure out there for, uh, for the other stuff that's not included. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get used to GNOME and, and getting used to it for my, my workflow here. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to plug it into radio probably when I get back from hamvention and go ahead and start running all the other stuff. But uh, I'm assuming it's just going to work uh, just like uh, just like the other setup uh, setup works down the desk here, uh, running Ubuntu, um, and it's fast. It's nice and zippy. It runs it runs really slick. I think a lot of that has to do with the uh, you know the Linux kernel 5.0 being on there. And uh, yeah, yeah, I I don't think you'll be disappointed in, in giving this one a try if uh, you're you're kind of in that part where you're deciding what distribution to use and, and get involved uh, using Linux in your ham shack. Uh, this would definitely be a safe bet uh, right now if you want to get onto the latest, greatest WSJTX and, you know, JS8 call and what have you. 
So what do you say to the people who are used to the apt package manager when they have to switch to something else? It's easy. You know, <laughs> they have to use DNF. It's exactly the same. You know, DNF install package, DNF up, you know, remove package. It's a, it's, it's a very, very uh, uh, short learning curve. <laughs> ah, very good. DNF did not finish. Okay. Uh, is that all you had to say about Fedora Core 30? I mean, 4.8, that's pretty good. I think that's better than some of the Ubuntu versions that we've talked about. Yeah, it's definitely up there. And uh, I'd have to go back and look at, uh, at what I've scored the other ones, but, uh, it's real simple. Obviously, the LHS build is a 5.0 because it's already ready to go. You don't have to even install a package. <laughs> you just <laughs> throw the disk in or throw the ISO in and install and everything's already there for you. Um, that, that's the only way you can get better if it's already there for you. So, all right, very cool. So, if you get a chance, folks, try Fedora Core 30. You know, you can always run it in a virtual environment just to see how it works for you if you don't want to dedicate some hardware to it. Did you try it in a VM or did, did you just go straight bare metal with it? I've been on bare metal with it for a while with the Mac. So, all right, and uh, yeah, and that's the thing that just kind of got glossed over when you said it that you're running it actually on a Macintosh. So, very cool. Yes, yes. The Mac Mini. Yeah. You said you have the what, what you have the 2011 Mac Mini? Yeah, the mid 2011 Mac Mini. That's the one I have. Yeah. Yeah, I forget which mine is. I think it's uh, early 2008 or early 2009. So mine's a little older than yours, but it's still running macOS, but with that solid state drive in it and uh, rebuild it actually is uh, pretty good. For a Mac, <laughs> well, you should try Fedora Core on it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's true. I probably should yeah, do that. Yeah, and actually, that that's a point we glossed over at the beginning of this. Um, one one thing specifically about this particular recording setup that we're going to be using in Hamvention didn't get mentioned, and that was kind of the most important part of the whole thing was that it is entirely based on Linux. Where the yeah, normally the show is recorded using a Mac with Mac OS, so this. The way you're hearing it now, of course, there's only one computer involved, but Still it's a Linux computer. box. And not only is it a Linux box, it is the LHS Ubuntu 18.04.2 um, operating system that I'm using to do the recording tonight. So there you go. Yay. So not only can it power your ham radios Yay. and get you onto FT4, it can also record podcasts for you. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> And there was much rejoicing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So with that, I think we are down to the end of the episode. And do you want to do the the Patreons and stuff? And I can do the last part because you... I haven't. Yeah. Well, you don't have the the last ones because I didn't put them in there. Or did you put them in there? No, I can't get to that stuff. I told you that. That's what I'm saying. So you do all the way down to as far as you can go, and then I'll do the rest of it. Okay. And I'll, I'll fumble through it somehow, so... Uh, you'll you'll figure it out. I'll sure. figure it out. Sure. So anyway, social media roundup. Okay. So this time for Patreons, we have Randolph Smith, David Jaquay, Doug Rudder, Stephen Harp, Andy Webster, Pete Caffrey, Cubicle Nate, Darren King, Donald Gover, John Spriggs, Jonas Rulo, Paul Griffith, Robert Pitts, Samuel Vimes, Steve Metcalf, Steve Sainer, and William Heckelman. For subscriptions, we have Michael Bredak, Fred Cole, Randolph Smith, Kevin Ivey, Bill Collins, Tony Coberly, James Lewis, Jeff Zimmerman, Steve Hepler, Michael Jopling, Todd Bowers, Thor Wiegman, 
Charlie Brown, Wayne Carpenter, Bill Pioter, Darren King, Dylan Angle, Alan Wilson, John Clark, Robert Halliday, Brian Smith, Johnny Kinsey, Ronald Ike, Robert Yerke, Michael Connell, uh, yeah, Connolly, excuse me, and Jeremy Hall. All right, very good. And because we were a little late in getting to the table with this, I'm going to have to pull our social media subscriptions right off the social media sites and then fill in the blanks later. So on Facebook, we had a couple. We had Dean Simmer and Adrian Lane. So thanks for following us over on Facebook. On Twitter, we had at Dual Carnane. Carnane, something like that. You'll you'll see it in the notes. Uh, we also had at Mountain Dulcimer at 3D. Uh, what is that? 3DB Brown at WJ5FF at Eric DeWilt at Techno Vince at DX Station Forum at J Phoebus at Jim underscore Cook at Seg Hacks and at PY2ZA. So there we go. A Brazilian ham who listens to us. Excellent. And then we didn't have anybody over on YouTube join in the last couple of weeks, but we did have an order for some more merchandise from Dodson Brown. So thanks, Dodson, for ordering some stuff, and your order is going out tomorrow because uh, we had to wait for the, the glass etching to happen. So that has happened, and we now have etched glasses. And we also have a bunch of other merch that we're going to be bringing with us to Hamvention. So come to Hamvention because we have stuff and we want to talk to you. We want to meet all of the people that we have met in the past and all of the people that we have not met in the past. We love to meet new people. New people are great. And we know we have some new listeners. So hopefully they make it out to Xenia and we get to talk to them. And we will talk a little bit about the Hamvention campaign that we have going on in the next episode. So stay tuned for that. And with that, I think we've come to the end of episode number 283. So I guess we're going to go ahead and wrap up the bill. Oh, yeah, right. The bill edition of 283. So go ahead, Bill. Tell us who's in the chat room. (laughs) Might might as well. Done everything else tonight. Yeah, we have. uh... (laughs) Wow. Yeah, we have. uh... (laughs) We have VE5EV. Jim is here. Uh, N2NRV, Fred. uh, KF5, TQN, Dan, and Simstick, which I can't remember. I know I know it. Do you remember Simstick's uh, call, call sign? I don't, but I know he's in there because he just recently yeah. commented in the Discord. So if he wants to, yeah. like in the next, so, I don't know, two, three, four, how long is the delay on the stream seconds, uh, put out his call sign. We'll definitely make sure we mention it. <laughs> Six, five, no call sign noob, he says. There you go. He does not have a call sign. He's N0CALL. <laughs> well he, he's, right. he's a regular in uh in the irc channel so uh so yeah thanks for uh, joining us yeah absolutely thanks everybody for tuning in to this episode of linux in the ham shack it's been episode number 283 and we will catch you again for the next one episode number 284 which is a weekender edition so get ready for some hedonism and in the meantime have a good one out there. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. 
LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the program by visiting the LHS Patreon page of patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or using the contribute link on the website. Get in touch via social media. The show has a presence on Google+, Facebook, Twitter, Discord and YouTube. Or you can drop an email to info at lhspodcast.info or record a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the IRC channel, LHS Podcast, on the Freenode IRC network. Also visit the online merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable LHS merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a Linux convention or ham fest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info or visit the website for details. The podcast is recorded live every Monday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Connect to the stream at stream.blacksparrowmedia.net colon 8008 stroke LHS live. Until next time, over and out. in the ham shack and the linux in the ham shack logo are released under a creative commons attribute non-commercial no derivatives 4.0 international license